This episode, we are talking about all of the MCU movies and shows that were previously announced. In talking about these upcoming projects, we will reference the previous movies and shows that they are spinning out of, with full spoilers. So if you're not all caught up on the MCU, you have been warned. Welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Alice Dano. Now, don't worry about this change in our regular schedule program. Michael Bailey will be back next episode as we finish off a couple more of those Avengers episodes. I think it's going to be 259 to 261. But before we get to that, we have a little special announcement. The Disney D23, whatever that is, I don't even know what D23 is, to tell you the truth. But whatever it was, what happened just the other week, and they had a few more announcements on the uh, MCU. So I figured, what the heck? Let's have John Wilson back, and let's just chat about those few new announcements real quick. Hey, John. Hey, hey I'm back. Um, I, I have the answer to your query. The D23 Expo is named for 1923, which was the year that Walt Disney founded the company that was uh, the Walt Disney Fan Club. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And D stands for Disney, in case that wasn't clear. Actually, that was the part I did get. <laughs> okay. The obvious yes. Everything else, no, over my head. Because my reflexes yeah, we, are not fast enough. But yeah, we got some really cool announcements at D23 this year. D23 of 2022. <gasps> What's going to happen at D23 of 2023? D23, D23. That's going to be probably just normal. But, you know, it is really cool to think about. Yeah, hopefully they'll do something crazy for that one because, you know, not just D2323, but it's also 100 years. Right? Yeah. They should announce the cast of the Fantastic Four and announce the first X-Men film. That's what I should announce next year. Ah, you never know. I, I don't know now. Great. Now, great. Thanks for saying that. Now the way the internet goes, people are going to assume that's what's happening, and then they're going to be all pissed off at Disney when they don't do it. <laughs> I started the rumor, folks. I'm the one they who they lied to us. John said it was going to happen. Yeah, well, don't trust a John. John also said Mephisto was going to be in WandaVision. <laughs> John said nothing of the sort. <laughs> John also caused trouble in Ukraine, and look what happened there. You were just I such mean, a problem. Yeah. Just I just visited it. briefly, that's all. But right. apparently they started off real quick. I thought it was amusing with the musical number. I can do this all day from the Rogers, the musical, which we saw in the Hawkeye series. That is fantastic. <laughs> I wish I had seen that. Yeah. I'm going to have to look to see if there's a, actually there are places apparently you can't find it probably on YouTube. So if I can find those things, people, anything I can find links for, I will put in the show notes. So if I can find links for any of the trailers or that little scene, it'll be in the show notes. Okay. Okay. 
besides that, I mean, you had something you're about to say, so go first. Oh, no, I was just going to, you know, start us off as that's what our first thing is that we're going to talk about. So oh. We talked about the uh, the introductory Rogers musical numbers. So that's our first thing. Yep. And then they talked a bit more about Ironheart. Ironheart. Show. Yep. Which it says is going to take place after the events of Black Panther kind of forever because that character is in that movie. Yes, we did not realize until the trailer came out that Riri Williams, who is, of course, Ironheart, uh, will be appearing in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And what I'm seeing here, it says Ironheart delves into the dynamics of tech versus magic. So that could be interesting. Now, I have not been following any modern Marvel comics since before Ironheart was even introduced as a character. So I don't really know a whole lot about her, except that she, I think, officially took over the rescue armor for a while before getting her own identity. Does that sound right? Okay. Sure. Uh, the only thing I know about her was she was a member of the Champions, and, um, well, I guess she's the only Iron character because I remember everyone saying that she, got re- that she took over for Tony Stark and we were never going to see Tony Stark again. If she took over for Tony Stark, then she was not rescued. She was Iron Man. Yeah, so I guess she's Iron Man now forever and ever, ever and ever, because that's how that goes. Hmm. <laughs> she first I couldn't appeared help. in March 2016 in Invincible Iron Man number seven as Riri Williams. And then it was almost a year later in the next one we've been Invincible Iron Man number three that she first appeared as Iron Heart. And we also have a, an announcement of another character, Anthony Ramos, who will be playing Parker Robbins, also known as The Hood. The Hood. And now that's a character I... His start. Yeah, that's a Bendis character. Yeah, I was going to say, I know that character. I don't have the issue information in front of me, so if you have that, go ahead. But I know him. I read his uh, miniseries when it first came out. Yeah, he was a Hood character. He, um, he was brought in... I'm sorry. I'm lying. It's not a Bendis character. It's a Brian K. Vaughn character. Bendis just liked to use him. Brian K. Vaughn, Kyle Hodgson, and Eric Powell back in 2002. Yep. And from what I remember, and I'm wondering if that's that's how they're going to know the tech versus magic. He found this cloak that was possessed, empowered, something to do with uh, Dromamu. And that's where his powers initially, at least initially came from. If that's changed since, I don't know. But that's where how it started, or at least very good. So, so they're both appearing in in Ironheart. You said, or no? They're both appearing in Black Panther. She's appearing in Ironheart herself. Is appearing in Black Panther. As far as I know, the Hood is only appearing in the Ironheart TV show. Okay. Okay. So keep my ducks in a row there. Yep. Which is I'm seeing scheduled for late 2023 on Disney Plus. Alrighty. And I don't have a whole lot of connection to Ironheart. Um, I do know that when she came out. Uh, she got a lot of flack because guess what? If you're going to introduce a new character and she's not a white man, she's going to get flack. So how dare they put a, a young black woman in Iron Man's armor? And that yeah. is about all I know about her, which is unfair to the character and unfair to the character's creators. Um, but I just haven't read the stories yet. Yeah, the only thing I read is I think I read an issue of Iron Man that like maybe first appeared in because I remember seeing that character. I read an issue where that character was doing something at MIT, I think it was, but it was like a brief introduction. And I did read like two or three issues of Champions because they it was like a Champions crossover issue with the Infinity Countdown miniseries. Gotcha. But that is it. 
we get the introduction in the Black Panther sequel. So, I mean, for all I knew about Shuri really was in the Black Panther movie. Right. Yeah. You know, and I love that. I think that character is great. So when I first saw Black Panther and I saw that character in, I thought it was going to be some, I thought it was somebody else. I thought it was a, a character known as Queen Divine Justice from uh, the Christopher Priest run of Black Panther. Okay. Because well, Black- a lot of that movie comes in the Priest run. So. And Black Panther Wakanda Forever is set for a November eleventh uh, release this year. So after you yep. listen to this, it is less than a month and a half away. Yep. Let's see if I can skip ahead to my article. I'm looking at to see what it says about that. Since we're talking, that kind of leads in. Makes sense. If there's anything new about that, I saw. No, no, nothing new. Nothing I saw new. So yeah, that's coming out November 11th, and I'm looking forward to that. The drive-in by me is definitely getting that one. They said so. I will definitely be able to see that one in the theater. Good. I didn't get a chance to see Thor in the theater, Love and Thunder, because it wasn't playing the drive-in by me, and I got spoiled. I don't want to go to a regular mm-hmm. theater now. I like going to the drive-in. That's fun. So I had to wait till it was on Disney Plus to see it. Anything else on Ironheart slash Wakanda Forever? No. What you got next? Werewolf by Night. Yes. And I am definitely looking forward to this because I've also been on twice and also scheduled another recording with uh, Billy D, a.k.a. Doc Strange on Twitter, on his Magazine and Monsters uh, podcast. He's doing some Bronze Age Marvel horror books, including Werewolf by Night, and I've been doing the Werewolf by Night issues with him. Oh, fun. So I'm like, oh, cool. Two characters I'm talking about are getting movies slash shows in the, in the upcoming year. Yeah, he dates all the way back to 953 in Marvel Tales 116. Uh, that's Marvel Tales, the first series, which was originally called Marvel Comics, and then Marvel Mystery Comics, and then Marvel Tales. Um, but that series ended. That has nothing to do with the Marvel Tales series that would later be reprints of Spider-Man. What most people think of as a Werewolf by Night uh, came out in 1972. And this is not a TV series or a film. It's a... Con- well, it, it, to pick all the film, it's a Halloween special. Yes, so it's a one-shot Disney Plus movie, I guess. Yeah, or television. I mean, I saw the trailer, and the trailer has. If anyone's old enough to remember the old, like it looks like the old CBS special presentation, like they would put before specials, like you know, if they played Rudolph the Red News Reindeer around, you know, mm-hmm. this, around the December holidays, or you know, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, or one of those things like that. So it's yeah. coming out on October 7th on Disney+. Plus. Oh, that's near. Okay. Yeah. And it looks like, from what the trailer shows, it's black and white. And as the article says, the footage is reminiscent of the old horror movies by icons Ed Wood and Vincent Price. Yeah, the trailer was delightfully retro, like 1930s retro. Yeah. Um, it, the trailer has weird a weird jumpiness to the editing, like you might find in old films. And there's just lots of things about it. They're like, oh, this is definitely going for a classic horror vibe. Uh, and it's just, I found it delightful. Um, so Laura Donnelly is also showing up as Monster Hunter Elsa Bloodstone. Yep. And of course we have Jack Russell, the werewolf, and it looks like Man-Thing. Ooh. I had not... Um, known that i should be afraid no you shouldn't be because you'll know you you will burn that's right because people who know fear will burn to the touch of the man thing exactly so this looks like it's gonna be a fun thing 
I'm looking forward to it. I'm a fan of the old like 30s and 40s horror movies, so I'm looking forward to this one definitely. Let's see what else we got there. Ah, yes, and then they talked about well, two shows that look like they they kind of sort of lead into each other because of one character definitely who said you know who's supposed to be in both of them, and it said that his his this follow up show it follows up the events of the first one, Secret Invasion and Armor Wars. Because Don Cheadle's James Rhodes will be in both of them. Okay, okay. That is cool. Um, I was going to like Fury, because the Secret Invasion trailer definitely centered on Fury. But yeah. So um, James Rhodes, War Machine, will feature in Secret Invasion, and then will feature, of course, be the star, probably, of Armor Wars. We don't know actually anything about Armor Wars. Yeah. Do we? No, no. Nothing, no, not at all. Um, the only thing I, I see is a quote from John Cheadle talking about Armor Wars, saying, there's a lot of stuff I can't spoil, but Secret Invasion sets up a lot of what's going to be happening in this series. Yeah, so, I mean, it, we can only speculate. Yeah, because Secret Invasion is about a scroll invasion of Earth. Scrolls, like, infiltrating, because they're shapeshifters. No one knows that people are scrolls. But these scrolls have, thusly farly, been much more sympathetic as yep. people than the scrolls of the comics. Now, the question is, of course, are they the main group of scrolls and the ones that are invading are like a bad group? Or are scrolls as on a whole the bad group, you know, a, you know, group? And this is like the renegade group that of decent ones who aren't who, just trying to invade everybody. You know who probably knows? Who? The guy who's been staying with the scrolls for the last two years, Mr. Nicholas J. Fury. Yeah, true. Because it also seems like the character Talos from the Captain Marvel movie is in it, and he seems to be on Fury's side, from what mm -hmm. I, at least when I saw the trailer. And of course, since this is a possibly a spy type thing, so maybe he's lying about that. But it seems like he's on that side. So, you know, is he a renegade? I mean, are all the scrolls were they playing Captain Marvel? Were they really jerks all along? Could be. And I mean, I, I and then you have to wonder how's it going to lead to Armor Wars? I mean. Again, we can only speculate, but I mean, I know the original Armor War stories were about Tony Stark trying to get his armor back from like different groups and people who had used his armor that without his permission. Could that maybe be how Armor War starts? Because scrolls working for Stark, you know, used, you know, sold or used the armor themselves. And that leads into the Armor War stories because now he has to get it back from all the places the scroll sent it to. Yeah, that's an interesting possibility. I, I mean, I, yeah, speculation completely. I have no right. idea. I'm just basing it on what I know about Scrolls, Secret Invasion, and Armor War from the comics. And yeah, and they do say that the scope will be smaller. Um, so, as looking at the list of people, we're bringing back not just Don Cheadle as uh, Jimmy Rhodes, but also Kobe Smolders as uh, Maria Hill. That makes sense. And I hope that she gets to shine a bit more because I, I feel like that character has been a little bit subdued in her run. Yeah, we didn't get much of her. And then unspecified characters played by Amelia Clark, Kingsley Benadir, and Olivia Coleman. Well, Olivia Coleman, actually, I do see a name of the character Special Agent Sovia, Sonia Fallsworth. Hmm. Wait, let me just double check, make sure the name's right. Yeah, Sonia Fallsworth. If I'm. 
remembering correctly, while the first name is not the same, Fallsworth is the last name of the of the people who are uh, Union Jack and Spitfire from the Invaders. Huh. Whether that will play anything at all into the show, I have no idea, but... Right. Yeah, and actually, that character, although he wasn't portrayed as Union Jack... That character, James Fallsworth, was one of the Howling Commandos in Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh, that's right. So maybe, yeah, so maybe that's as much as it is. It's just his granddaughter or great-granddaughter. Right, they're preserving connections and making him, you know, making, like comics do, making ties. Exactly. So either way, that's cool. Secret Invasion is one of those we've like. I think we've anticipated the most because it was such a really huge deal in the comics, and I think that's going to add to its prestige on the series, even though it's not actually going to be as big a deal in the series. Yeah, well, because the question is, will it do like the original comic series and reveal characters to have been scrolls? Mm-hmm. And if so, who? This article is uh, that says that she has been revealed is just speculating that she might be Abigail Brand from Sword. Mm. With the, uh, she doesn't have the iconic green hair, but Sword is like the space version of Shield and uh, headquartered a space station on Earth. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, we'll find out. Speculate anyone? Exactly, we could speculate. So can they? According to what I'm showing, Secret Invasion comes out next year. They don't give a time of next year, just sometime next year. And Armor Wars begins shooting next year and will be released as a six-episode series during Phase 6. So that probably means maybe 2024. Sounds right, yeah. In all his decades of publishing history, one event has affected Superman more than any other. Worlds lived, worlds died, and that was only the beginning. Superman was never the same. Presenting Superman in Crisis. Available weekly from January 3rd, 2022 at com. All right. Well, the thing I'm looking at is split up into TV, you know, TV, the movie. So just do the next show they're talking about. Loki season two. Mm-hmm. And besides, it says Tom Hiddleston, Sophie DiMartino, which I believe was, what, the female version of Loki? hmm And Owen Wilson, who will be back. They also announced that, uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, because I've only, really only read it, Kehu Kwan, a.k.a. AKA Data from Goonies, Shirt Round from Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, and I have not seen everything everywhere at once yet, but he's in that, too. That guy will be in here. So that's cool. And my understanding is that the stories and scripts and everything that we're getting for Loki season two were actually planned for the second half of Loki season one. What kind of modifications they've done with the delay in production because of COVID, who knows? Um, But a lot of what we're going to be seeing was intended to be seen a bit earlier. Well, it also depends on because I haven't I don't remember what it said, but it depends when Ant-Man and the Wasp come out since Kang, more or less. I mean, I know it's not exactly Kang, but Kang was revealed at the end of Loki season one. 
does Ant-Man the Wasp come out first? In which case, do they have to change things for Loki if they were doing anything with that? Or, you know, does that come out first? Because, again, Loki, just it just says, begin streaming on Disney Plus in 2023. It doesn't give any dates. Uh, Ant-Man is listed as February 20, uh, February 17th, 2023. So the right. Quantum Mania film should predate Loki's release. Yes. And there is no name listed for Kehu Kwan's character. So, no idea who he's going to be playing. We shall find out. Uh, now, continuing on, but getting a little less cosmic, we have the Echo series. Yay. And this is just kind of interesting because it's, um, you know, she's a character who is relatively minor in the comics. They really gave her a highlight in the Hawkeye series in some cool ways. I hadn't anticipated her getting her own story, but then, hey, why not? Yeah, if they have a good idea, do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how most of the characters have became, I mean, while they're kind of iconic, you know, obviously that's why, for instance, if we're just talking comics themselves, going with DC, Hawkman and the Atom, maybe, you know, they didn't always have the best ideas for that, it seems like, because they had to keep reinventing them and trying to figure out new ways to do it. Superman, on the other hand, were like, okay, we're good. We got this. Let's keep it going. They did a pretty good job, I thought, in the Hawkeye series of showing the sign language on screen. I yeah. don't think it was uh, absolute. I think we sometimes got cut off and didn't get to see all the visuals just for the camera work. But it is something I've heard from members of the uh, deaf and you know adjacent communities that um, – being able to see the sign language on screen so that a deaf viewer can see their language being, you know, being used and follow the communications is important. Like that's, if we're making, if we like the character Echo and we like the representation and we're going for that aspect and making her into a series, then I feel like that is something that should be done on the show. But of course, I'm not in that community, so I could be overstating the importance, but that's my understanding. Yeah, well... Hopefully, hey, if it works for even a couple of them, awesome. I mean, it doesn't hurt anything. Right. It's not like it hurt, you know, not like it hurts them. I, I mean, I think it's been a while since I watched Hawkeye, but I think they at least told us what it said, what they were saying. So if, yeah. you don't, if you don't know ASL, you at least knew what they were saying. So whatever. But if you if you hear Spanish on screen, whether it's translated on screen or not, if you're a Spanish speaker, you know what they said. And so that kind of consideration yes. for ASL, I think, is important if you're making something that is actually specifically spotlighting ASL adjacent characters. Yeah. Or characters so to use ASL, I guess is better say it. Yeah. It. And that again also was coming out in 2023. So we got a couple shows next year. Mm-hmm. Good busy year. And then the announcement of that segued into the next show because there's at least one or two characters that are going to appear in Echo that will appear in this next show, which we did talk about last time. Daredevil Born Again. Daredevil Born Again. Because the Kingpin episodes, right? Yeah. Yep. Because the Kingpin will be in it as well. And apparently, according to IMDb, Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox will be in at least one episode of Echo. Right. I'm only saying one episode because. That's all they're listing for Echo is one episode. So literally everyone is listed as being in one episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I've seen rumors that Jessica Jones would be in that show. I've seen rumors that Jessica Jones 
has been replaced by Punisher, so she's not going to be in it, but John Bernthal's Punisher is going to be in it. Um, I heard that Charlie Cox said it was a reboot, but I've also heard that actors don't always understand terms the way that nerds understand them, and so his use of the reboot word reboot might not actually mean what we think of when we say reboot. So ultimately at this point, Daredevil Born Again is just really up in the air. Yeah, all we can say for sure is is that Charlie Cox will be back as Daredevil, Matt Murdock. Vincent D'Onofrio will be back as a kingpin. It will be 18 episodes and that they're starting to film in 2023. Spring, spring 2024 release. Yeah, that is literally all I know about that. I mean, even what you said about Punisher or Jessica Jones, at least when I can see IMDb, no, only two people listed. So can't even say that for sure. Um, Eight even, weeks. That's over a. That's over four months. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a heck of a thing. Yeah, it's a lot of show. I mean, is born again? I mean, in the name, I mean, is born again just to be because it's you know a reboot of the show, reboot of the character now in the you know fully in the MCU, or is it gonna be more born again after any events from the first three seasons in Netflix? I expect it's going to be a fresh relaunch of the character in that you don't have to have seen any of the Netflix series and will not explicitly reference any of the Netflix series, but also follows up on the Netflix series, you know, like it, it doesn't contradict or whatever. That's possible. That's what I'm expecting, that they're going to they're gonna have their cake and eat it too. I mean, we haven't had enough appearances by him in the in the specific MCU stuff he's been so far, he only plays the lawyer. You know, Matt Murdock as a lawyer briefly in Spider-Man. I understand, and he's going to be appearing in She-Hulk, but that hasn't happened yet. So we don't know if there's anything in there that's going to be mentioned that will tell us specifically anything. So we might have to wait until the show actually starts, because even the Kingpin stuff from Hawkeye really doesn't tell us anything. It could be after the Daredevil shows or not. Right. But still, cool. Very cool. And that's all for shows. The rest is movies. Uh, we already talked about Wakanda forever. Mm-hmm. All right. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Which comes out, February, like you said, February 16th of next year, 2023. I have to watch it then. Apparently there's a full trailer. For Quantumania. Well, according to this, they, deb- they debuted the first full trailer. Um, and... It says it sounds. It says it begins with what sounds like Scott Lang, Hope Van Dyne, and Cassie Lang li- listening to Scott's podcast, "Big Me, Little Me," which they said was referenced in the Miss Marvel series. And they all then there's stuff with them in the quantum realm, and they encounter Kang, who says to Ant Man, "Haven't I killed you before?" Interesting. Did we talk about Cassie Lang not being stature last time? Yes. Okay. At least that we know of. Right. Oh, wait, no, didn't they say it was Stinger, I think, is the name they were yeah, giving St- her? Stinger, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about the characters. I mean, let's be fair, the Ant characters, most of them have, like, six names. Uh, you know? So we have <laughs> I mean, Black Panther this fall, November, and yep. then Ant-Man and the Wasp in February. That's not that big of a gap. No. That's kind of like Captain Marvel and... Uh, Avengers Endgame. You know, they, that wasn't much of a difference. Or Black Panther to Captain Marvel. Wasn't it like a month in between those? Might have been. It's been a while. Yeah. Between two of those movies, it was a pretty short gap. 
But I'm looking forward to that. I like Ant-Man, but I also really I want to see what's happening with Kang. So I'm kind of really excited about that part. I mean, Paul Rudd is delightful, and Evangeline Lilly was great. I don't know if they're going to continue to use Hank and Janet. I would like to see those characters, but they'll probably be back background. Um, and that will, you know, we have a new actress playing stature. Yes. And I just, all of that, I just, you know, I want to see what they do with it. I really liked both Ant-Man films. They gave us the ghost who's going to come back in a conversation in just a minute or two. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, according to IMDb, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas will be, will be in the movie. Okay, good. And Michelle Pfeiffer's not busy playing Catwoman anymore. No. It makes so. a reference to 30 years ago. Yep. Hey, that works for me. So, and hey, that's fine. She has to play a hero now. I would not mind, by the way, if they also do another flashback scene taking place, you know, 30, 40 years ago when they were when they were Ant-Man and the Wasp. That would be yeah. cool. That yeah. would be cool. I like how they've been able to fill in some of these char- you know, characters. So Scott is technically a legacy character, even though, you know, we only just had the first Ant-Man movie several years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it fits in there and it doesn't ruin anything. Especially someone like Ant Man works. He's you know, he's small. Not everyone's going to see it. It's not like he's going to be making giant headlines because you know he's not out there in the open as a you know where everyone can see him. He could be on the open. No one still see him. <laughs> right. Because he's tiny. Yes. You belong. You belong. You belong. You belong to the Mary Marvel. Anyone hear us? This is Trey Lawson, and I'm James Hickson. Anyone can hear this broadcast. We need your help. We've been kidnapped and imprisoned in a tomb by this creepy old undertaker named Mr. Gravely. And he's forcing us to review his collection of Marvel horror comics. Stuff like Tomb of Dracula. Werewolf by Night. Man-Thing. Ghost Rider. And so much more. Forcing us to record these reviews as a podcast called The Tomb of Ideas. If you can hear this, please contact our families. Call the authorities. Anyone. Tell them we can be found at... Now, now, boys. Let's not give too much away. You can find James and Trey every other Wednesday at the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast. A proud member of the Cinepunks podcast group. See you there, Tomb Believers. <laughs> and now, Captain America New World Order. New World Order. Yes. And of course, we have, uh, of course, Anthony Mackie is back. It's- Captain America, a.k.a. Sam Wilson. And let's see, who are the names of those other people they mentioned? Isaiah Bradley is played by Carl Lumley. Yes, that one I knew, which I'm looking Taurus. forward to that. Uh, oh, King Taurus is an important person, right? He is the new Falcon. Oh. I think he was in the Falcon. I think he, I'm pretty sure he was in Falcon the Winter Soldier. The young kid on the streets. No, 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 no. That was... That was uh, Isaiah uh, Isaiah Bradley's grandson, okay, who was known as Patriot from the Young Avengers. 
Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Joaquin Torres. He was a friend of Sam Wilson. Yeah, they worked together. Like whenever they had their sit down, you know, spy conversation at a uh, patio table or something. Yeah, that was, that was he. Okay. Yeah, good. but he just was a character himself. He wasn't the Falcon, so I guess he's going to become the new Falcon in the show. I mean, the movie. Have they mentioned that? Well, I'm just saying that just because on IMDb he's listed as his character name slash Falcon. Interesting. Here's the interesting thing about this movie. Do you know who else is in it? Who's that? Tim Blake Nelson. Now, he has not been in the MCU for a long time. A yes. Long, long time. 2008. I know specific. He's me. <laughs> no, he's not yeah, you. 2008. He's not me. For anyone I am, who however, I am, however, a leader among my peers. <laughs> well, your peers are school children, so, yeah. <laughs> okay so yeah um i teach middle school so yes i'm a leader among the 13 year olds <laughs> <laughs> but anyway for anyone who doesn't realize it yes tim blake nelson played the leader or the character who was going to be the leader in the incredible hulk movie the Thanks one first. with yes the one without mark ruffalo yes with um oh my the god why am I blanking his film. name? No, not Angley, the other one. Yeah, uh, you're thinking of Edward Norton. Yes, the Edward Norton movie. That's the one he's from. Now I had a conversation about this recently, so I'm just going to clarify because evidently there's still some confusion out there. The Angley Hulk film is not part of the MCU. The Incredible Hulk film, as a production project, was originally conceived and planned as a sequel to the Ang Lee Hulk film. However, those plans were changed during the course of production as the Marvel Studios plans moved forward. So, it's not connected. Now, yes and no. From what I've heard from some people talking about it recently, uh, other things, and it's been a while since I've seen either movie, so I can't... I mean, I only saw the Angley movie once, like shortly after it came out, so I don't recall. But while they're specifically, they're not definitely sequels, the Angley movie, I thought, I remember hearing somebody say, ends with him going to Brazil or in Brazil. And the, bar, the Incredible Hulk movie of Edward Norton starts with him in Brazil. So it might be like we were talking about with Daredevil. We're not going to say anything. We're, we're just not also saying it isn't. If you want it to be, it's almost like if you want it to be the pre, be the one that took place first, great. And if you want to ignore it, great. I think that's a remnant of the fact that the second was originally intended as a sequel. Uh, whenever I watched them pretty close together a year or two ago, I found that the storylines were inconsistent. Like there were contradictions between them as far okay. as the of the Hulk and everything else goes. And maybe not. Like I said, I'm going by, I think another podcast I heard briefly, you know, who mentioned briefly the Hulk movie. So right, right, and I saw that. I could be wrong. He went to Brazil at the end of one. He's in Brazil at the beginning of the next. But yeah, like I said, the Incredible Hulk was originally created to be a sequel. It just eventually became not a sequel. So you'd expect to see some things that line up, just because that's how the story was conceived. Um, But regardless, we saw Samuel Stearns. He was Mister Blue. And he got the goo dripped on his head at the end of the movie. And we all said, oh, my gosh, that's Samuel Stearns. Is he going to become the leader? Especially and since his whole, didn't his head start, like, pulsing? 
because like it was a cut in yes. his head and that stuff started going to his head. So like it started pulsing. Like, oh my God, it's the leader. And 15 years later, they're like, oh, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> Maybe they're going to do something with that. Maybe it's like he's been planning stuff for all this time. He's been plotting, planning, setting up his power base, getting himself ready. For the longest time. Yeah. 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 If anyone's going to play the long game, it could be the leader. Mm-hmm. I am curious to know what kind of role Isaiah Bradley is going to have in the storyline. Um, he seemed mostly to be like lore and motivation in the first series, but he does have that connection to Sam Wilson and his connection to the Captain America persona. <laughs> So, I guess it makes sense that he would be present somehow, some way. Yeah, I mean, he could just be, at least as far as present day, kind of like Peggy Carter in present day was with Steve Rogers. You know, as in, like, just someone to talk to, someone to, you know, maybe get a little advice from. And maybe we might get a flashback of him doing something back in the day. But we do have events from Falcon and Winter Soldier that have directly influenced these events because, of course, that's what... Uh, Sam got the uh, got the costume and the shield for official. Yes. Although I'm not I, he's not listed in there. Is he listed in the, uh, hold on, MPB, did they list Winter Soldier? Winter Soldier has other uh, other involvements. Oh yeah, because as we know, if someone's in one movie they're not going to be in another. <laughs> Hello Wong who I mean, appears in saying, everything. Just saying. <laughs> No, he's not listed in IMDb. Oh, and I forgot. That's right. They also announced uh, Sabra or Sabra. I don't know how to pronounce that name. The Israeli hero. Israeli? Yes. Did that be Sabra? Sabra. Okay. So that character will be in the movie, too. There was some there was some controversy over the casting. Um I think people spoke up and I think that Marvel may have listened because I think um, I think they went to cast an Israeli um, actor Actress. in a role. Oh. The woman that they cast turned out to be anti-Zionist and seen as actually anti-Israeli or something like that. I don't know the details on it. I'm just kind of browsing headlines here, but that's what I saw. I don't know anything about that. I'm just looking at IMDb if the character, the actress playing, the actress playing uh, a Sabra, and it says was born in Tel Aviv, Israel. So that's what I know about them. Uh, unfortunately for things like that, sometimes there are so many people just whining about the stupidest things that when I see half the time when I see complaints or criticisms about that, I just kind of skim over them because it seems like 80 percent of the time it's BS. Yeah. You know, kind of like we talk about with the art with Riri Williams when they, that character first appeared mm-hmm. with like everyone freaking out. They're replacing Iron Man like. If that was true, when the new character took over, the other one never appeared again, then James Rhodes has been Iron Man since 1985. (laughs) And John Walker has been capped since that time period. So, you know, maybe not. Well, just to uh, correct something I said earlier, uh, the uh, woman who's playing Sabra, whose name I'm trying to pull up now, um, Shira Haas. Yes. uh, She is Israeli and with the relationship between Israel and the other surrounding countries and Israel being seen by some people as a uh, um, 
occupying force, all that sort of thing. That's what the problem was, is that, you know, the country is not looked on too fondly by some sectors today, and her being a national of that country was seen as a problem. I'm not trying to take a side. I just try to make sure I express the situation clearly because I did not say it correctly earlier. Okay, that's fine. And like I said, I don't know too much about that, so I can't I can't specify. Mm-hmm. Now, first thought in my head, and maybe I'm wrong completely here, no one's complained about Red Guardian. As a Russian? Yeah. Just saying, it's not like, you know, they're the most popular country <laughs> with a lot of people either with things they've done, and yet no one seems to have an issue with that. True. Not a one. I think there's, there's, a bit more, there's a bit more going on with, like, I think we see a lot more Russian characters and yeah. Russian-descended characters than we, than we have um, Israeli. So, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not going to... So I'm not going to speak on that really because I don't know any much about it. So it would be kind of foolish of me, mm-hmm. you know. So sure. I, I don't know, but I'm just saying what it is. Is that that character is appearing? Anyway, on to the next one. Thunderbolts. Oh, wait, real quick. Captain America: New World Order. So it's supposed to begin filming next year, and it's coming out May third, twenty twenty four. All right. Now, the big thing with Thunderbolts was the roster announcement, because a lot of these things at D23 involved cast panels and cast talking to the crowd. Mm-hmm. And so the Thunderbolts cast assembled on stage, and this was the first time we'd actually known who and what the Thunderbolts are. Although I think you and I had speculated exactly what this was going to be, that the yeah. Contessa was gathering together heroes. Yeah. That, that could be the Thunderbolts. Yeah, and we already knew for certain it was going to be John Walker, or John Walker and Yelena, because she had talked to, you know, dealt with both of them. So we knew them. Mm-hmm. We were pretty right on those two. So this will include Sebastian Stan playing Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. So he could be in New World Order, but he's definitely going to be here. Yes. Uh, Florence Pugh playing Yelena Belova, the Black Widow, the new Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Wyatt Russell as John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. agent, a.k.a. the man everyone wants to punch in the face. You got to say, he's doing a good job then. I mean, if he's making everyone <laughs> piss yep. off him like that, he's doing good. He is good a for Wyatt. Face. We have Hannah John Common, the uh, ghost whom we saw in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yep. Uh, David Harbour is back as Red Guardian from the Black Widow movie. Yeah, Alexei Shostakov. And David Harbour, um, he took time off from Stranger Things, or they killed him off in Stranger Things, to go do Marvel stuff. And I thought he was gone forever, but no. And, uh, oh God, I have no idea how to pronounce this. Olga. Olga Kirilenko. Okay, yes, that person. As Taskmaster. Again, from the Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. Now, this one I did see a couple of people complaining about because they're like, it's just a bunch of people that punch things and stuff. But I'm like, we don't know what they're supposed to be doing anyway. For all we know, they're not supposed to be doing big superhero stuff. They might be doing them as like a spy team, in which case you don't need Thor. Because that's not really stealth. But of the team, only the Ghost and Taskmaster have anything beyond fighting related powers. Yes. Um, Winter Soldier, Black Widow, U.S. Agent, and Red Guardian. Those are all thugs. Skilled, yeah. graceful thugs, maybe, but still thugs. Yep. 
But for me, it's also about the, a lot of it's the characters, like, you know, how they are interacting, how, you know, who the characters are. And I like most of the characters. I mean, the ones at least that got characterization. Taskmaster and Ghost really don't have too much characterization so far. But, I mean, come on, Red Guardian was so much fun. He definitely was. And Yelena. And you know she's going to get fight with US, U.S. agents. They're not going to get along. And I just saw confirmation Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine will definitely be back. Yes. So, so. Uh, she'll be leading that team. So, and also we don't know how much of this is true. I mean, is it going to be staying that way or not? I mean, we we did speculate last time, like, how, we don't know what's going to stay. For all we know, Thunderbolts is going to be about Baron Zemo taking over. Right. I mean, no clue. You know, anything could be a trick. All we know is that those people will be appearing at some point. You know, it's someone in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that comes out shooting. Sorry, go on. Let's see what else you got. But that comes out in uh, July, it's, I think, 2024. Yep, July 26, 2024. Does that mean that's going to be, a, we're not going to have anything between Ant-Man and the Wasp and uh, Captain America from February 2023 to May 2024? No, Movie-wise? They just haven't told us what they are. Yeah, I'm just saying, because that's all that's what we know. Oh, the Marvels is next. And we've already seen hints at the Marvels because the Ms. Marvel series. Uh, played and, that. Yes, and it, the last episode ended with a little bit of a teaser. Mm-hmm. As Brie Larson, a.k.a. Carol Danvers, somehow switched places with uh, Kamala. Now, just to answer your question earlier. The release dates of the films. We have Ant-Man and the Wasp in February, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in May. That's right, because that's not on here at all. Right. And we're talking about the Marvels now. That's going to be July of next year. I was going to say that we got to the end. I'm like, I guess that answers my question because it says that. So, okay, we have three next year. Cool. Okay. And then Blade in November. Oh, okay. They didn't mention that yet. But then again, that's that's also something they can announce next year. Right. So that's all. that's, that's a large slate for 2023 with Captain America and Thunderbolts being 2024. Yeah. And apparently Nick Fury will be in the Marvels because it says Kamala switched places with somebody. Because apparently it's not just from what they're saying. It's not just Kamala and Carol. It's Kamala, Carol, and Monica are all switching places together. That makes sense because they're the three Marvels. Yeah. Because it said that um, Kamala takes Monica's place standing next to Nick Fury, and she's like, can I be an Avenger? <laughs> and Monica is, trans- is switched up to be on the moon facing Kree warriors, and which is probably been, where Carol was. And we've been told that uh, continuing to swap places and or swapping powers will be part of the shenanigans of the film. Yeah, and apparently also involves them dealing with the uh, Kamala's family, which is fine because I like the family, especially the dad. The dad was fun. And Goose the will be he back. Gave her his, he gave her his name. Yeah. Or he gave her her name. Yeah, the inspiration for it. And apparently Goose will be back. Yay. But Everybody yeah, so that's... Yeah, I do. So yeah, Marvel's, like you said, July 28th. Okay, and there was one more thing we talked about. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Now, they really don't have much to say. didn't have much to say about it. Um... Except the director, Matt Shakeman, who was the director of the WandaVision show. Okay. He'll be the director, and they're aiming for a November. So that's 
That's a long ways away for that. November 2024, yeah. Yeah, as it says in here, Fantastic Four will open in theaters on November 8th, 2024, presumably with a cast. Because <laughs> that's all we know. Yeah, so exists, There's a logo and there's a director. Yeah. And we probably have an idea of at least four of the characters that will appear. Probably. <laughs> it's a, you know, we have a fairly good idea. But... Beyond that, no. Okay, let's get the feedback done before we end the episode. And this time we are talking about our feedback from our last episode, episode 160. Some things are best left forgotten. It was part 10 of our Wilderness Years coverage, where we talked about Avengers issues 255 to through 258 with Michael Bailey. On Facebook, the post about the episode got likes and shares from Sean Merrick, Ray Ray Pod, Clinton Robinson, Jesse Starcher, Gene Hendricks, and Joe Sedano. On Twitter, it got likes and retweets from Chris A. Field, Otherverse Games, Viet Nguyen, Alan Sharp, David Finn, Capes and Lunatics, Ghost Rider Podcast, Doc Strange, Dave's Comic Hero Blog, Jason Snick Venable, Tim Price, The Podcrasher, Into the Night, Jeffrey Brown, parentheses, they slash them, Rich Comic Van, Truth, Justice, and Hope, Fortress of Virgitude, Corey Strode is Not Hiding Nuclear Vessels, William Mendonca, Mike Morgan, Coleman Miller, Ray, Secret Wars and Beyond podcast, Justin Steiner, and Ed Moore. Also on Tumblr, the post about the episode got likes or was shared by I-M-W3 and Lazar It in an Ego. Apologies if I can't say it, but Tumblr names are really hard to say for some reason. Anyway, if you want to hear more from me, you can also hear me pretty much every week on the L-E-G-I-O-N-P-O-D-Cast. On that show, we talk about the late 80s, early 90s DC sci-fi series, Legion. That's the one with the hyphen and Lobo in it, not Legion of Superheroes. And you can find that on the Legion of Substitute Heroes uh, feed. Links for that will be in the show notes. All right, you want to have your name said here, or you have comments you want to make to me, here you go. Send us an email, resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. Like and share and make comments on our Facebook page. Just go into Facebook, type in Adam Warlock or Thanos, will pop up. Our Tumblr page, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com, or go follow us and talk to us on Twitter at AdamThanosPod. And one last thing this show is a part of the collective. The collective was started by a few like minded podcasters who wanted to network in the most traditional sense. It has become a repository for ideas, crossovers, and potential guest appearances, and you are going to hear a promo for another collective show right now. The Swamp, more than merely a place. It is a churning, seething, bubbling bed of life, of which you are a part. Once you were a man, a chemist named Ted Salas, until one little experiment went somewhat awry. And you changed. The serum that was to have made you a super soldier, combined with the strange forces in the swamp, to make you over into this, a shambling, mindless mockery of your former humanity. The macabre man-thing. Man-Thing was created in the early 1970s to capitalize on the growing monster craze, but under writer Steve Gerber it became something quite different. Experimental, surreal, and very, very weird. It was something I loved as a kid, but does it still hold up today, four decades after its initial publication? So join me, Paul Matthew Carr, as I attempt to make sense of this cult classic and analyze each issue, putting it in the context of the time it was written and comparing it to the standards of today. And maybe you too 
can come to love the world's second most famous swamp-based comic book character as much as I do. The Nexus of All Realities, a Man-Thing podcast, a twice-monthly dive into the bizarre. And that's it. Unless you have anything new that I, I don't have. I think that's about it for me. But yeah, so some new, like I said, some updates and one or two things that weren't announced before, because I did mention last time that there was nothing about Armor Wars after the San Diego announcements. Right. And there also was nothing about Werewolf. I mean, like I said before, we didn't even know if there was one or if it was just a rumor. Right. And now we have a trailer. <laughs> and it's coming out like in, what, three weeks? October 7th, I think I said? Yeah. Yeah, that's three weeks. I mean, from when this episode comes from when this episode comes out, if I get it out on time, it's less than two weeks. I did not get it out on time. More Marvel stuff. Always more Marvel stuff. I'm excited. Indeed. And some of the stuff's make me like want to go like, oh, let me read some. I, like, I'm kind of curious. Like, let me go to Marvel Limited. Let me see my Ironheart stuff for, you know, other characters that I have, I'm not too familiar with. Just so maybe if like a character appears, I can go, oh, like a friend or something. I know who that is. Because that's part of the fun. That is indeed. All right. So is that our last announcement? Uh, it's the last one I got, unless you got anything. Nope. I think that's it. All right. Well, that's it for that. John, they probably want to hear more from you. Well, if they Where do, they do that? if they like Superman comics, <coughs> they like the Crisis on the <coughs> Earth's era of DC, they can hear me talking every week about the episodes or issues, rather, of Superman that were released during the time of Crisis on Infinite Earths. So that's every Monday on JohnReadsComics.com. There's no H in John. You can also follow me on John Reads Comics. I'm sorry, at John Reads Comics on Twitter. And that podcast is called Superman in Crisis if you want to just search it in your podcatcher. Yep, or click on the link in the show notes. Because it'll be there. I'm pretty sure. All right. I mean, I'm just going to do it, so I'm sure it'll be there. I mean, unless you just don't. Because you hate me. There is that. Right? Yeah. Well, I guess you'll find out if I hate him or not, people. Look in the show notes. <laughs> All right. Well, John, thank you again for being on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was great. Yep. And John, don't worry, people. John will be back soon enough. Not sure for what, but something. Yay, something. Exactly. All right. Well, that's it for now. Bye. Have a good night. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, it works. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peacelovproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page.